0: continue a brand new sermon series that we started together last week entitled Better Things and uh, how many glad there are some better things we can enjoy through Jesus Christ amen and uh, so today we're gonna kind of dive right into this series this morning Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 says this it says but now he speaking of Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry in so much as he is also a mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. And Hebrews 12, 24 says, And you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of better things, the forgiveness instead of the crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. So look at that first point on your outline. So we said last week that life is better with Jesus. Amen. Can I get a testimony or a witness in the house? Life is better with Jesus, right? And we said we have a better covenant built on better promises because God wants us to enjoy the better things of life, right? We have a better covenant built on better promises because God wants us to enjoy the better things of life. And then look at that next point. We said that uh, better isn't always easier, right? But better is always better. Better is always Better. And we talked a little bit last week about how that sometimes what we want and what we need are two totally different things. And many times what we want comes easier than what we need, which is sometimes a little bit more challenging. And we just began to recognize last Sunday that better isn't always easier. Let me just say this to you today Jesus did not die on a cross. Rise again on the third day, ascend to the Father uh, to intercede for me and you forever and ever and ever. The Bible says he lives to forever intercede for us so that we could just have an easy life. He actually did it so we could have a better life. There are some better things in Christ that God wants us to enjoy. Let me just encourage you in this today, that if you're going to embrace the better things that God has for you, the better things are not always the easier things. They're not always the easy things. As a matter of fact, if you're going to enjoy the better things that God has for you, there are going to be a couple things you're going to have to be willing to overcome. Number one, the Bible says you and I are going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. Right? So if you're going to enjoy the better things and not just the easier things, you're going to have to sometimes deny your eyes. Because a lot of times when we begin to look at things, we automatically begin to look for the easy way to accomplish the things we want to get. And how many of you know that when you kind of begin to set your eye on something, if you're not careful, you'll find a way to get that thing that you're focused on. And many times when you get what you're focused on, it's not really what you want. And so we got to refuse to walk by sight. we got to walk by faith. Faith is really, as we're going to see today, is going to be the key to stepping into the better things that God has for us. And not only does walking by faith means that I can't follow my eyes, it also means I can't follow my flesh. Because there are some carnal feelings that are going to rise up on the inside of us, right? And all of a sudden, if we're not really careful, we'll allow the carnal cravings of our flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, to begin to drive us and motivate us down a path, the path of least resistance but not necessarily the path to the better things that God has for our lives. And last but not least, if you're going to have the better things that God has for you, and I'm going to have the better things that God has for me, I'm going to have to be willing to say no to my feelings in order to follow faith. Because you know what? My feelings are going to lie to me. And when my eyes and my flesh and my feelings start working together, how many of you know that's a demonic trinity? <laughs> My eyes, my flesh, and my feelings will work against me. And my eyes, my flesh, and my feeling will always identify the easiest path, the path of least resistance. And it will usually channel my direction and my intentions and my heart and my life down a path that usually never produces the lasting results that I really desire in my life. And so if I'm going to get the better things, I'm going to have to be willing to say no to my eyes. I'm going to have to be willing to say no to my flesh. I'm going to have to be willing to say no to my feelings, and I'm going to have to begin to live by faith. And I'm going to have to choose the better things that God has for me. So how do I know what the better thing is? I know what the better thing is based on what God says is better. God gets to define better. Because how many of you know we will deceive ourselves if we're not really careful? into thinking this is the better thing when in reality it's the worst thing we could have ever done and we've all made decisions and choices that had real consequences that when we were going into it we thought we were choosing the better thing but we actually chose the worst thing and it ended up costing us for a long time and I don't know if you've ever made an emotional purchase on something and you end up paying for something you really don't want. It's not a whole lot of fun. And you're like, why in the world am I doing this? Well, because I allowed my eyes and I allowed my flesh and I allowed my feelings to buy something that I wanted but I really didn't need and ended up costing me in the long run. And that's just a simple illustration of what happens consistently in our lives. Not just financial purchase, purchases, but relationships and spiritually and ministry. Every area of our life, if we're not careful, can become corrupted and perverted by our flesh and by our eyes and by our feelings. And we've got to choose to embrace the better things of God which come by faith. And better's not always easier, but better's always better amen all right so last week we talked about a couple of things we said immorality we said purity is better than immorality amen purity is better than immorality and we said because it creates sticking power right and if you didn't hear last Sunday's message you can go online you can check out our podcast you can go to the Facebook page there's a lot of options there to check it out but we said that purity is better than immorality because it creates sticking power and I don't know about you guys I want to stick amen And we said that generosity is better than greed because it creates true prosperity. And we said prosperity literally means to reach your destination. I want to go where God's called me to go. I want to be who God has called me to be. And I want to live the life God has called me to live. I want to reach my destination. I want to prosper and succeed. And we said you can't take your way into the will of God. You've got to give your way into the will of God. generosity paves the way for you to live the life that God has called you to to live. Amen? Today we're going to look at another another thought this morning and that is that forgiveness is better than vengeance. Forgiveness is better than vengeance because it frees us, it empowers us, and it enables us to enjoy the better things that God has for us. I want to reread Hebrews 12, 24 to you again. It says, For you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of better things. What does the blood of Jesus speak of? Forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. How many of you glad that on the cross when Jesus was hanging between heaven and earth, stripped naked, pierced, bloody, and dying, how many of you glad that Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wouldn't it have been horrible if he would have said, Father, get them for what they're doing to me. Father, give them what they deserve. Man, I'm so glad that the blood of Jesus speaks forgiveness instead of vengeance. I'm glad God's not trying to get even. I'm glad that God is willing to forgive. And that the blood of Jesus purchased our forgiveness and purchased our freedom and purchased our healing and purchased our redemption and that we can come before God forgiven and free. Not because we earned it, not because we got what we deserved, not because we accomplished it or worked for it, but we can come before God through Jesus Christ because He forgives us, He frees us, He heals us and His blood speaks better things. It speaks forgiveness and not vengeance and the blood of Jesus purchased our forgiveness and it also invited us into a life and a lifestyle of forgiveness the scripture actually says a lot of crazy things about forgiveness it says if we don't forgive others God won't forgive us it says the basis of our forgiveness is that we forgive others because God in Christ Jesus forgave us I heard it said a long time ago I forgive because I'm forgiven and the only time you have the right to refuse to offer forgiveness to somebody else is when you're willing to no longer accept the forgiveness that God offers you and I just want to dare to say to you today I can't live one day without his forgiveness and I can't live one day without his grace and I can't live one day without his mercy so I can never refuse to give forgiveness because I can never refuse to live without it. I need the forgiveness of God every single day of my life. And on my best day, I don't want to get what I deserve. On my best day, I want to get what Jesus purchased me to have, which is the better things of God, a better covenant based on better promises that brings the better things of God into our lives. And so today we're going to talk about how forgiveness is better. And we're going to talk about how forgiveness frees us and how forgiveness empowers us and how forgiveness enables us. Because let me just be honest with you today. I believe that unforgiveness, when you think about vengeance, I want you to think about, there's a couple words that automatically come to my mind. When I think about vengeance, when I think about a desire to get even or to pay back other people what they have done to me. Right, because when you get in a vengeful spirit, you want other people to hurt like you hurt, you want other people to feel what you feel, and you want to get even, and you want them to pay for what they did to you. And what we're going to see today is that vengeful spirit, which produces bitterness and resentment, and it is totally 100% rooted in unforgiveness. And what we're going to see today is that unforgiveness is a sin that will rob you of the good things and the better things that God wants to give you. But when we choose to forgive, We are empowered, we are freed, and we are enabled to walk in some things we could never walk in before because of the forgiveness of God to us and the forgiveness of Christ in us to others. Forgiveness frees, empowers, and enables us. To live the better life and let me just say this after 26 now almost 27 years of ministry I can honestly say I would say the one sin that robs more Christians of the life of God is unforgiveness unforgiveness is robbing more Christians of the better things of God than I believe any other sin more than perversion, more than addiction, more than all these other things combined I believe it is that root of unforgiveness in the heart of Christians that are robbing Christians consistently and daily of the better things that God has for each of us and today we're going to see how forgiveness is better than vengeance and how that it can and only forgiveness can free us and empower us and enable us to walk in those better things So let's read together Romans chapter 12. I want you to see this. Romans 12. It says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. And do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Look at verse 19. Dear friends, never take vengeance. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back says the Lord vengeance is mine King James says let me just say this to you today only God is just enough holy enough righteous enough to execute vengeance and God says vengeance is mine forgiveness is yours vengeance is mine forgiveness is yours now look at the next verse instead of getting even look what he says If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For in doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. And don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Amen? Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So let's talk about how forgiveness works. Look at this next point. So forgiveness frees us. It frees us from the pain of the past, and it allows our hearts to be healed. Forgiveness frees us from the pain of the past, and it allows our hearts to be healed. There is nothing that will imprison you quicker than unforgiveness. There is nothing that will rob you quicker than unforgiveness. There is nothing that will keep you from the life that God has quicker than unforgiveness. There's a great scripture, Acts chapter 8. I want you to look at it with me. Acts eight twenty three says this, For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. You know what unforgiveness does? Unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, vengeance, it poisons you. It poisons your soul, right? We've, we've, we've said this before, you've probably heard it. Un- having unforgiveness in your heart is like drinking poison and wishing the other person dies. But how many of you know they don't die? As a matter of fact, they just go on living. They start new jobs and new careers and new families and new choices and new this and new that. And they just go right on with their life. Guess what? They're not getting up every day thinking about how they did you wrong. They're not getting up every day thinking about how they hurt you or offended you or took advantage of you. No, they're living their life. They're moving forward. They're trying to start a new life and a new future and a new hope for themselves. And and the reality is simply this. The only way you can be freed from the pain of your past is to forgive the people that have hurt you. Because this is what you need to understand. I want you to see this. Forgiveness, hear this, this is so important. Forgiveness doesn't free them. They're still accountable to God for the choices and decisions they make. God said, vengeance is mine. One day every one of us is going to stand before God and give an account for our lives. Every one of us. Every person on the planet is one day going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for our life. So understand, when you forgive somebody, you're not freeing them. You're freeing you. You're not letting them off the hook. You're getting off the hook. And the power of forgiveness is this. When I forgive, I'm free. When I forgive, I'm free. When I forgive, I am free. I can stop thinking about it. I can stop reliving it. I can stop hurting because of it. And I can start moving forward in the grace and the goodness that God has for my life. Now many of you know Kelly's story, mine and her story. She grew up in a very abusive home and she was molested and abused as a child. And as a result of unforgiveness, she battled severe suicidal depression for 10 years. And for 10 years, we walked through hell and high water. And for 10 years, her heart was tormented, poisoned, imprisoned, and bound by a root of bitterness and unforgiveness. And it manifested through vengeance. There was a time in her life early on in, in the Depression. I remember Kelly telling me one day, she said, I want everybody on the planet to get saved and go to heaven except for this one person that abused me and hurt me. I want him to go to hell and suffer for what he did to me. And you may have never said it, but you know what? We think it. <laughs> You think, well, that's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. And it's so horrible that thousands upon thousands upon millions of people are walking around feeling exactly the same thing. And many of them are in our churches every Sunday with a bitterness and a resentment and a vengeance. And maybe we've never wished hell on people, but we have wished bad on people. And we have wished hurt on people. And we have wished that they would feel what we felt and endure what we endured and suffer like we suffered. And the reality is, is vengeance poisons you. Unforgiveness poisons you. It imprisons you and keeps you from freedom. And for ten years... We battled through depression. And I remember the breaking point that came in that 10-year battle. It was when Kelly came to the point where she said, I choose to forgive the person that hurt me. And that began the journey of healing. And that began the journey of restoration. And that began the journey of life. Because in that moment when she forgave, you know what happened? Freedom came. Freedom came. And people say, well, Pastor Keith, you just don't know what they did to me. You don't know how bad it was. And it wasn't just me. It was my family. And it wasn't just my family. It was my friends. And it just didn't affect me today. It's affected me for the last 20 years. And the fact that it hurts so bad and it has affected you for so long is more evidence and more proof and more reason that you need to forgive because you need to be free. If 20 years later it's still plaguing your life, you need to be free. If one year later it's still plaguing your life, you need to be free. If one week later it's still plaguing your life, you need to be free. Amen. And the only thing that will free you from the pain of the past, only thing, is forgiveness. Amen. Well, Pastor Keith, I think I just need counsel and I need to understand why they did what they did. You'll never understand it. Sin doesn't make sense. Sin doesn't make sense. And let me just say it another way. There is nothing they can do today that can ever undo what they did yesterday. See, there's this deception and vengeance that if I can somehow get even with them, if they would even maybe just say they were sorry, I would be okay. I want to tell you something. All the I'm sorry's in the world doesn't change what they did. And I'm sorry helps, but it's not the cure. You know what the cure is? Forgiveness. Well, if they would just pay for what they did to me, everything would be better. I would feel better to know that they paid for what they did to me. I want to tell you something. They could pay for it over and over and over and over again, but it will not change your heart. It'll not change your pain. The only thing that can change the pain of your heart is to forgive the person that wounded you. It's the remedy that God has given us to free our hearts. Why in the world would God tell us to bless people that hurt us and pray for people that curse us? Because God wants us to be free, He wants us to be free. Not bound by bitterness, bound by resentment, bound by anger, bound by vengeance, bound by the spirit that says, I want to get even. Hey, instead of getting even, why don't we get free? You want to do something great? Then stop holding bitterness and resentment in your heart toward that person and let God free you. Now, one of the things that we teach through our encounters, we teach what we call the four or three levels of forgiveness, and it's really just a process of forgiveness that we have to work through. I'm going to share it with you quickly this morning. The first level of forgiveness, which is really the crowning jewel of how do I walk out forgiveness. Here it is. I choose to forgive. We call it verbal forgiveness. Because forgiveness is an act of your will. It's an act of faith, not an act of feeling. We said it a while ago, your feelings will deceive you. Your feelings will lie to you. Right? I mean, you know, sometimes you really feel saved, and sometimes you don't feel as saved. Sometimes you really feel in love with your spouse, and other times you don't feel as in love with your spouse. Sometimes you really love your kids, and sometimes you want to choke your kids. Right, let's be honest. Our feelings are fickle. They change. You can't trust your feelings. But this is what happens. This is how the devil keeps us trapped. He says, how can you forgive them when you still feel what you feel toward them because that's a hypocrite. You're just going to be a hypocrite if you say you forgive them, but you're still angry. And you say you forgive them, but you're still hurt. And you say you forgive them, but you're still mad. You're just a hypocrite and that won't work and it doesn't matter. That is a lie of the enemy. Why? Because we are not going to operate by feelings. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It is an act of faith. I choose to forgive others because God forgave me. And it begins there. It begins with an act of your will that says, God, I choose to forgive them because you forgave me. And then the second level of forgiveness is what we call emotional forgiveness. And really it's the fruit of that first act. Because the moment you choose to forgive, then you begin to walk out your forgiveness. And what do I mean by that? That means that tomorrow when you remember that person and you get mad again, you say, God, I thank you that I've chosen to forgive them. And the next day when you remember that person and you get mad again, you say, God, I thank you that I've chosen to forgive them. And the third day and the 30th day and the 60th day and the 90th day and the 120th day and three years later, if it takes that long, it usually won't, but if it did, you still say, God, I thank you that I've chosen to forgive that person. And let me tell you what will happen, and it won't take three years. It probably won't even take 30 days. Let me tell you what will happen if you'll begin to choose and walk out forgiveness. Emotional healing comes. Because the moment you act by faith and stop acting by feeling, you invite the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and begin to heal that hurt. See, without forgiveness, there's no healing. See, there's this crazy lie we tell people that are grieving time heals all wounds. That's a bunch of baloney. Trust me, don't you know people that have been wounded 30 years ago and they're just as hurt today 30 years later as they were 30 years ago? Actually, they're more hurt now than they were then because they've had 30 years to rehearse and remember and rehearse and remember and rehearse and remember and rehearse and remember that pain and the suffering and the heartache and the heartbreak. Time doesn't heal your wounds, forgiveness does. Forgiveness is the only thing that will break the chain of bondage off your heart and allow your heart to be open to the Holy Spirit so he can begin to minister his healing to you. And I'll never forget Kelly, the day it happened, one day she was in the bathroom getting ready and she said, and she was looking in the mirror doing her makeup, her hair. She said she remembered for the first time it had ever happened, the person that abused her, his face popped in her mind. And she said for the first time since I was a little kid, she said instead of feeling afraid, Hurt or scared? She said, I felt peace. I felt peace. Why? Because when you open the door of healing by forgiveness and faith, it allows the Holy Spirit to begin to mend your heart. And all of a sudden, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, the Spirit of God begins to minister to you. Because it is that doorway of faith. Without faith, you can't please God. Everything, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. How do I receive everything that God has for me? I receive it totally, 100% by faith. So when I forgive by faith, it opens the door for the pain of the past to be healed in my heart, to be made whole. And for the first time in her life, she said, I felt peace. And then you move from that second level of emotional where you move to a place that the Bible calls heartfelt forgiveness. Heartfelt forgiveness is where you come to a place that you can actually pray for and ask God to bless the person that hurts you and sincerely mean it in your own heart. And I saw my amazing wife look at the person that abused her and say, I just want you to know I forgive you. I saw her give him a Bible, her own Bible, and said, I want to give this to you. And I want you to know I'm praying for you. And one day I want to see you and spend eternity with you in heaven. I saw that happen. That's the power of forgiveness. I had a lady after the first service this morning came up and shared a story with me and I asked her permission to share it because it was just so powerful. And she gave me permission. And she said when she was growing up, she said when she was 12 years old, something happened in her family. And for the next, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 years of her life, she walked around with a root of bitterness and resentment and vengeance toward her dad. Her dad died, she said. And she had went back to the town where he was buried. And she said, I was with some friends. And she said, I asked my friends, would y'all take me by the cemetery? She said, I'd like one hour alone at my dad's grave. And she said, her friend said, well, we'd like to go with you. We'll be there with you. You don't have to do this alone. She said, no, I want to go alone. And this is what she told me. She said, the reason I wanted to go alone, she said, because I was going to stand in front of his grave. And I was going to cuss him like a dog. And I was going to tell him how he had ruined my life and how miserable I had been. And I was going to unleash all my fury on him. And she said, I didn't want anybody to be there. She said, they dropped me off at the cemetery. She said, I walked to his grave. She said, how crazy this is. She said, the first thing I thought, she said, my OCD kicked in. I thought, oh, I wish I'd have brought something to clean the tombstone. She said, but as I looked at his tombstone, she said, the Holy Spirit came over me. And she said, instead of cussing him and cursing him and unleashing all my fury on him, she said, I began to weep. And she said, and I forgave him. And this is crazy. She said, and I asked him to forgive me. And she said, I washed my dad's tombstone that day with my tears. And she said, that became the turning point in my life. That became the turning point in my life. Why? Because forgiveness frees us. And it heals us like nothing else will do. The second thing I want you to see that forgiveness does. Not only does it free us from the pain of the past, but it empowers us to embrace the future and the hope that God has for us. It empowers us. So many Christians are stuck in yesterday. And here's just a real simple illustration. This is illustration the Lord gave me. He said, Keith, he said, you can't live your life if you're constantly looking in the rearview mirror. You're always going to end up in the ditch. Just try driving down the road, constantly looking in the rearview mirror. He said, Keith, you're going to always end up in the ditch. And think about it. Our relationships are in the ditch. Our finances are in the ditch. Our spiritual walk with God is in the ditch. The call that we know God has on our lives for ministries in the ditch. Our lives have been ditched by unforgiveness. And we can't go forward because we're always looking back. Brother Rod said it this way. He said, you've got to stop dwelling and retelling. The pain of your past. you got to stop dwelling and retelling the pain of your past. Why? Because until you forgive, you're locked into yesterday. And there's no vision for today, and there's no vision for tomorrow. And so many Christians can't enjoy their day. They can't enjoy their family. Right for 10 years, Kelly battled severe depression and was battling with sorrow and anxiety and panic attacks and overwhelming grief. And all the while, she had a husband and kids that loved her and cared about her. And a lot of the joy that she should have and could have enjoyed was not enjoyed. Why? Because I can't enjoy today when I'm living in yesterday. And I can't get a vision for tomorrow when I'm looking in the rearview mirror. And the reality is, is what does forgiveness do? Forgiveness empowers me and you to embrace the future and the hope that God has for us. It enables us to come out of yesterday and begin to live in today and get a vision for tomorrow. Because God has great things in store. It's not a Christian cliche that God has a good plan for your life. It's the Bible. Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. I want to just let you know today as long as you're holding on to unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, and vengeance, you're never going to know the future and the hope that God has for you because it locks you into yesterday. I'm just going to tell you years ago, I made a decision I'm going to walk in forgiveness. And when God healed and delivered Kelly, we made that decision together. From this moment on, we're going to walk in forgiveness. And so what does that mean? It simply means that I've already decided today that no matter what happens today or no matter what happens tomorrow, I'm going to forgive. It may take my emotions a little time to catch up. It may take me a season to get to heartfelt forgiveness where I want to bless that person. But I've done decided I'm going to forgive. And I want to tell you why I'm going to forgive. Because I don't want to sacrifice my today. And I don't want to sacrifice God's plan for my tomorrow by living stuck in the pain of yesterday. Because when you hold on through unforgiveness to the pains of yesterday, you lock yourself into your past and you are incapable of embracing the future and the hope that God has. But when we forgive, when we forgive, we are empowered. To embrace that future and the hope that God has for us. We can begin to grab hold of one of my prayers for us this morning. I've been praying, God, I want you just to download fresh vision in our lives today. I believe today as we forgive people, I believe God's going to download a fresh vision. Some of you have struggled to get a vision for your life. And I believe many times it's because you're holding on to unforgiveness from your past. And God wants you to get a a vision for your life. For the future and the hope that he has for you. And my prayer today, one of my prayers for today, is that God would download fresh vision into our hearts this morning as we forgive. The third thing, I want you to see this. Is forgiveness not only frees us, not only empowers us, it enables us. It enables us to receive all that God has for us. It enables us to receive all that God has Mark 11, 24 and 25, two awesome scriptures. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this. Jesus is speaking. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. What an awesome promise. You can pray for anything, spiritual, natural, anything. You can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. I mean, God just kind of wrote a blank prayer check and said, okay, guys, cash it. If you can believe that you received it, it'll be yours. And you can pray and ask God for anything, and God will do those things on your behalf if you can believe you receive it. But look at verse 25, because in verse 25, Jesus kind of backs up just a little bit and sets a precedence for that amazing promise. Look what he says. But when you are praying, what's that next word? First, forgive. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. You can pray for anything, but before you pray, first forgive. You can ask God for anything, and God will do anything on your behalf. If you believe you receive it, you can have it, but first forgive. See, forgiveness enables us to receive what God has. Because let me tell you what I know in my own heart. I can't believe God for the good that he wants to do if I'm hating you for the evil that you did. I can't believe God for the good if I'm hating you for the evil. I can't believe God for the good if I'm hating you for the bad. It divides my heart. And a divided heart, the Bible says any man that is double-minded is unstable in all of his ways. And let not that man think that he shall receive anything from God. A divided heart. A heart that says, God, I want to believe for the good, but at the same time I'm holding on to the hate and the bitterness and the resentment that I have toward this person. All of a sudden, unforgiveness divides my heart. And it keeps me from receiving the good things that God wants to do. So today, forgiveness is better than vengeance. It frees us, it empowers us, and it enables us to receive what God has for us. I want you just to do this with me today. Let's just bow our heads. and I want to ask you just a very simple but probably the most important question you've been asked this entire week. Is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive? Is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive? Is there a pain from the past that needs to be healed? Is there something that's holding you back? Is there something that's poisoning your soul? Because today, God forgives so you can forgive. We are forgiven so we can forgive. We've received an amazing gift so we can give that gift to other people. And God wants to free you today. So right now, as we're just seated here, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just want you right now. To just take a simple act of faith. Remember, forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is an act of faith. God, I choose to forgive because you've forgiven me. I want to tell you today, God wants to free you. God wants to heal you. God wants to empower you. And God wants to enable you today to fully receive every good thing that he has for you. But unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and vengeance will create a roadblock in your heart and your life to keep you locked into yesterday and rob you from the joy of today. So I just want to pray a real simple prayer with you. So Father, today in the name of Jesus, we choose to forgive. God, we choose to forgive the people that have hurt us and wronged us. And Lord, today through the blood of Jesus, we forgive them because you have forgiven us and we thank you today for your forgiveness. And God, we ask you today to forgive us for the sin of unforgiveness. Forgive us, God, for holding on to something that we had no right to hold on to. Forgive us for drinking poison, God. And create in us today a clean heart. Create in us a whole spirit. And Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to begin to minister healing. I declare that freedom reigns in this place. That freedom reigns, the freedom of forgiveness reigns in this place today. And I pray for the ministry of the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you to move and work in every heart and every life today. May the bondage and the pain of yesterday begin to be soothed and healed and anointed by your presence, God. And God, I ask you today as we let go of the past, That you would download a fresh vision for the future and the hope that you have for every person in this place. God, I ask today that our spiritual eyes literally would be open. That we would see the good things that you have planned for us. And that our hearts would be attuned and attentive to the future and the hope that you've given us. And Father, today I pray that today our hearts would be made ready to receive every good thing. So, Lord, today we ask you, Father, to heal, to restore, and to revive our hearts and our lives. Free us, heal us, loose us, and launch us into the future and hope that you have for us today. And let your kingdom come, and let your will be done on earth and our lives as it is in heaven. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to just do one more thing before we dismiss today. Maybe you're here this morning. And you've never received the forgiveness of Christ. The Bible calls it being saved or being born again. It's as simple as believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And trusting Him to be your Lord and your Savior. Today, He wants to forgive you and free you from the pain of your past. He wants to empower you by the Holy Spirit to begin to live the life He's called you to live. And he wants to enable you to begin to walk out the good things, the better things that he has for you. So if you're here this morning you say, Pastor Keith, I've never received that forgiveness. I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior and forgive me of my sins. And today I want to do that. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want you just to stand up all over this building. Just a simple act of faith. I want you to stand to your feet this morning and say, today I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to receive His forgiveness and His grace. And I want to know that I'm a child of God and that when I die, I'm going to spend eternity with Him in heaven. If that's your heart's cry right now, just stand. Just a simple act of faith and I want to pray with you. I want to receive the forgiveness of God and the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank You today for Your grace and Your mercy over us this morning. We thank you for every person that is here today and we thank you Father that we are forgiven and we are free and Lord may the forgiveness and the grace of God be poured out upon us and flow through us today God like a river of life and we thank you today for what you've given us and we thank you today for what you've allowed us to give to others and we rejoice in you this morning in Jesus name we pray amen